Hello and welcome back to the Video Production Academy podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Alex Barker, who is all the way in the US. I'm trying to remember where in the US you are, Alex. It's somewhere in the States. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in Michigan. Down? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big country, so I don't blame you. You don't need to know. It's fine. I'm over here. <laughs> <laughs> it- One of the things that does amaze me about the US and Canada is actually the size. Because I'm in Scotland, you can literally drive end to end in five hours. You can literally drive top to bottom. Oh, that's nice. I have to drive eight hours to see my family in Michigan. And I'm still in Michigan. (laughs) That's one state. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's kind of mind blowing to me that your state is bigger than my country. But to your benefit, it is so easy to go to place to place in your country. In where I live, it's insanely expensive to travel anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? We don't have, I mean, this is completely off topic before we even get going. We don't have the public transport infrastructure where I am that you would do further south. So we have Mm. a train station that goes east-west and that's it. So you can either go to Inverness or Aberdeen. That's your two choices. You either go west or you go east. We don't have motorways, which is our version of the freeway. We actually have to three hours before we get to the first motorway. So we're on two-lane roads. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. get a dual carriageway so you can overtake, and, you know, that's the highlight of the day. But this we're in a very rural area, so the more rural it is, the smaller the roads get. So some of the roads are literally single track with passing places where you see a vehicle coming, so you have to pull off the road to let things go past. It it sounds very romantic. Depends if you're stuck on... (laughs) (laughs) It's a beautiful part of the world. I live yeah. 100 yards from the sea. I can literally see the sea from my front door. We're surrounded by mountains and forests and wildlife, yeah. and it is really beautiful, but it's also cold. Mm. Is there snow on the ground? Not today. There was earlier this week. We've had hailstones today, but we have had snow this week, which in April is just ridiculous. And then I speak to people in the US and they're like, oh, it's in the 70s. And I'm like, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good kind of hatred, right? Something to aspire to. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny. Anyway, I digress a long way off track here. What I'd like to do, Alex, if you will, is I'd love for you to actually introduce yourself and let our audience know what it is that you do. I do a lot. I'd like to say I'm a founder and CEO, so I bring the greatest value through my creativity, my vision, and coming up with ideas. I think a lot of people hear that that aren't entrepreneurs and say, so that means you do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And you could say that. What I do is I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I'm a marketer, I'm an ideas guy. My main business is a career coach company that focuses in pharmacy because that is my previous profession. I was a pharmacist and I also am a CEO of a virtual staffing company that focuses on helping busy professionals offload those awful, boring tasks that we all know and hate like email. And I mean, that's just like a snippet of what I do. And there's a lot of stuff that happens at 4 a.m. when I have an idea or when I'm staying up late playing video games with my kids. One of the downsides of being CEOs that most people don't think about 
is you are constantly thinking and you can't help it. You can't help but have ideas. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons one night with one of my sales team members and I had an idea during the session and I was like, oh, I got to write this down. And I totally spaced out from the social aspects of what was going on, but it was a great idea and progress happened. So that's a little bit about who I am and what I do. I know exactly of what you speak because I watched a workshop fairly late on yesterday. It's like between eight and 10 last night and it was amazing. <laughs> and it just got all the creative juices flowing. So I know that I've got to go to bed. I know I've got to go to sleep because my dogs are going to be up by six. Mm. So I need to get my sleeping because I'm going to be up early, but I'm thinking I could do this and I could do, and I could contact and, 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 and so I didn't go to sleep till the back of 12 because my brain was just whirring. So I get it. But you didn't start off as an entrepreneur, did you? You've had a different journey to get to that stage. Yeah, one that I probably wouldn't recommend. But I think everyone realizes there is no straight path in life, career, business, relationships. We all like it to be. And we pay, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of dollars as a society to find out what those straight paths are. But I did start off as a pharmacist thinking that this was the path for me, quickly realizing, oh my gosh, I hate this <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. And I started on the business path back in 2012, and I've been coaching ever since, doing a lot of different things. You know, it wasn't until my 30th idea that I launched my career coach company in pharmacy, and that has really taken off. And it's brought me a lot of joy, a lot of suffering and anxiety, and a lot of just life satisfaction and happiness. I mean, it's Friday afternoon, evening for you. And I'm getting to talk to you about it. Like, this is fun. <laughs> and it and it counts as work. So if I had my old job, I'd be stuck in an office right now, wishing I could be doing stuff like this. It's an interesting balance as a business owner or an entrepreneur, because you are completely right in the fact that you have joy on the one hand. And I love working. I absolutely adore it. And then on the other hand, like you say, you have the pain and the struggles and the difficulties that come with it. And it is that balance. And as long as the joy outweighs everything else, then you're fine. Yeah. It should, right? Yes, it should. Some of it it is your own inner resistance, I find. Like something is hard because there's a lot of work involved with it, right? And if that's the case, then it just needs to be broken down into simple steps. But other times, it's not inner resistance, but it's like an outside force that makes it very difficult for you to do the work. And that's when you need to hire it out. That's when you need to find someone to help you. And it's hard to distinguish those two things. And at least in years past, I have found it very hard, but here we are. <laughs> I think that's quite understandable. So you started off as a pharmacist and thought, this isn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah. What made you then make that choice to go into coaching rather than move away from pharmacy completely? Not a straight path. That's for sure. <laughs> at the time I was slowly learning, you know, the trade, the work. I had spent, you know, six, 
four years in graduate school, two years undergrad, learning the trade and thinking I would love this. And then once I did it, I realized very quickly, this is not fun, not fun at all. And I kind of fell into podcasts because I had an hour-long commute from my home to work, and I discovered like this whole world existed, this world of talking about, at first, self-development and leadership topics, which I was very absorbed in. And then I learned about business, and I was like, what? What is, what, what is this, and why hasn't anyone told me about this before? And unfortunately, I fell into the trap of like doing anything and everything in business. So I sold baby strollers on Amazon and eBay, and I made stickers, and I did coaching, and I actually started a podcast, and I, you know, you name it, I've probably tried it or at least attempted to try. Um. And it was kind of like information overload in the beginning where I followed every guru, learned everything I could, tried everything that they recommended. And I did that for a little under five years. Fun, but also misery inducing at the same time because I was constantly changing what I was doing and I never gained momentum, which honestly created a lot of shame in me. I felt like I should have been further along and I finally had a really good friend in 2017 when I shared my shame with him. He told me, you don't pick one thing and run with it, Alex, and you have to do that. You have to pick one thing. And that was very, it was very scary for me to do that because I mean, as probably my intro kind of tells I'm all over the place with my creativity and to choose one thing, put all your eggs and hope in one thing is scary. I have a friend who is a business person as well. And he is great because he's my grounding influence. Because although I work with a team, I'm the only one that's in there that has that entrepreneurial mindset. So my brain pings all over the place and it could be a bit of a nightmare. You know, the four words that fill people with fear and dread, I've had an idea. Oh no, <laughs> because they know it means work. But Colin is amazing because Colin, I've had an idea and he'll go, okay, right. Okay. Let's think this through. And he always says, focus, follow one course until successful. And that actually has been really good for me because I am a serial learner. So I will collect courses and challenges and And then I think yes I'm going to do it and then they collect digital dust on a digital bookshelf and Mm so he's been really helpful he gives this sort of metaphorical slap around the head and goes follow one course until successful have you implemented it well go and implement it and when you're done with that then we can look at this again it's like thank you And I think we all need somebody like that to give us a metaphorical slap now and again, because I think we need somebody outside of ourselves to wake us up to it. Yeah, it's easy to follow your own thoughts without judgment and think this is a really good idea and everyone's going to love it. It's why you should always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. And that's that can be hard for people to do because intelligence can be intimidating, but 
I think it's very wise for you to have that business friend in your life. Because I too, in my hustle days before 2017, was a addicted to so many courses. And I can't think of one single course that changed my business around and made everything profitable. And you know what I mean? Like those success stories that you hear are marketed to, it's the stars aligned for those people, or they had some secret or not secret, but like some resource that really made them successful. I think sometimes what the courses do is change your mindset. Cause I know there was a pivotal course for me that completely changed the way that I thought and set me off on a different path of offering online training and doing the video production Academy. And if I hadn't have done that course, I don't think I would have made that shift, but there's been other things that I've needed to learn alongside it and it's still an ongoing process. And so mm. I think it develops over time. So I think you're completely accurate with that. I've had other courses as well that have been equally expensive and been complete and utter waste of time. <laughs> and it is so difficult to actually be objective in choosing mm. what courses you follow as well. Yeah. I, I, now have a very vetted process if I ever plan on doing a course, which is very rare. And it's usually, a, it has to get approval from my COO. My wife has to make sure that it makes sense. And I got to have the clear ROI on it. Otherwise, I just hire someone to do whatever it is I want the outcome to be, which is so much easier than spending the time and learning the program and blah, blah, blah. I think that's incredibly wise, incredibly wise. It takes money though, to do that typically. So you got to have money <laughs> either way you look at it. Yeah. There's my downfall. <laughs> at, least, at least I know where I'm going wrong with that one. We're all on our journey. Oh, absolutely. And I wouldn't change it. I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I just accept the fact that there's other people that are further on the journey than I am. I'm still quite a newbie by comparison, although I've been in and around business for longer, too many years that I care to, <laughs> care to imagine. I've actually been working in business for 34 years. Wow, congrats. Like different businesses, I'm not on my own business. So it's interesting to sort of see how it develops and how it changes. But yeah, definitely like what I do now. Good. Um, an interesting part of what you deal with is storytelling, which I think is something that we wouldn't expect from either somebody that's worked in the pharmacy industry or somebody that's a coach. So I'd be really interested to know how you got into that and what the process was for that and, and sort of what the impact has been for that as well. Well, for context, you know, I think if there's someone that you want to invite to like a party or some sort of get together, it's probably not your local pharmacist. No offense to us, but, and there's lots of great pharmacists out there. I mean, everyone probably knows at least one pharmacist, but to our discredit, we were trained to be scientists. We had our personalities beaten out of us in pharmacy school. And when I say this to other pharmacists, they go, yep, I became a different person after that training. And I noticed that right away. I used to be funny is how I start. I used to be able to tell jokes and make fun of people and take risks. 
but I became really different after the training. And a part of what was lost because of that training was really soft skills and storytelling. Because what we were taught through medicine is to not rely on stories, right? So when someone tells me something like, I took this pill and it changed everything for me, I go, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that's nice, but probably not. That's probably placebo effect. And they go, no, 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 no. And I say, statistically, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that way, but I am because that's how I've been programmed to think. And so when, when a pharmacist comes to us, one of the things that they surely lack is the ability to tell a story. When they're wanting a new job, they have to sell themselves. They can't give me facts and figures. You know, they can't tell me if I was a manager, here's what I accomplished at my previous job. And here are all the facts about how I did that. I don't care about the facts. I want to know the story. I want to know, can you sell me that you can do this job? And so in my career coaching career, I learned very quickly what held people back from ultimately gaining their career goals. And I learned that I had at least some ability to tell stories and compel people to take action. And so I very quickly adapted stories into our curriculum, our coach training for our team, and people see the value right away. Once they see it, they get it. Admittedly, though, I have a lot of skeptics in our audience because of the way they're trained. Like, what? You're just going to coach me and all of a sudden I'm going to get a career? So we've had to use statistics. We've, we've had to, you know, vet ourselves and track our clients, which I didn't, I never wanted to do. I didn't, I don't like doing that kind of thing, but it helps people make informed decisions because of who our audience is. And I think that's a great reflection for any business that who you serve, what they care about is unique to them. And even if you don't care about it, you kind of have to, because you'll lose out on potential business if you don't care. I can look at the number of leads that we've had over the years and think, oh, if we only were able to present to them at that time, this information that we have now, like surely we would have you know, earned hundreds of thousands of more dollars, but I didn't care at the time. So now we do. Lesson learned. We care. I think at least this is my continual entrepreneurial problem. I learn things and then I regret not learning them earlier. I regret, oh, why didn't I do this beforehand? Why didn't I hire someone or have someone do this before? Oh, so frustrating. That is my journey, though. I think you need to give yourself some grace with it as well, though, because oh yeah, we don't know what we don't know. <laughs> yes, and I am consistently my worst critic. Uh, I have, I may not sound like it right now, but I am considerably more patient with myself than where I once was. Good. I'm glad. I'm the same. <laughs> 
I think for me, it was being the other side of 40 that made a difference. Mm. That actually it was feeling much more comfortable in who I am, comfortable in my own skin, comfortable in where I am in life and not really caring what other people think because I'm going to cut my own path and that's fine. You know, like me or hate me, that's your choice, but I'm going to do what I need to do. Not in a horrible way, but I run my own business. We're very holistic in the way that we deal with our staff. You know, we're not just dealing with people nine to five. We care about what the life is like outside of that. And and we Mm. work with people to develop the skills as far as we can, both on a soft skill level, as well as on a technical level as well, because we want to create rounded human beings that if they go and work somewhere else, then that's fine. But if they stay with us, then that's great. Yeah, But it's just, like you say, just cracking on and dealing with that. Well, that's the way to build a company. Yeah, I think so, because I think we build a loyalty in because the people that get it stay. Mm. And the people that don't are probably not people that you want to spend your life with anyway. So when did your use of video start? I would say before my career coach company, I used quite a bit of video Well, actually, how I discovered video really made an impact on people was through birthday messages. So I think I shared this with you before the podcast, but discovered very quickly on Facebook that when someone sent me a happy birthday message, it was usually from like people on my periphery, like acquaintances. Maybe I met them once or maybe I've never seen them in person. And I remember thinking, it's a nice gesture, but it really means nothing to me. It really means nothing. And some people disagree with me on that, but that's how I, that's how I felt about it. And so when I was checking social media, I don't anymore, but when I was, I would get notifications for my close friends. And what I decided to do was I would record myself talking to them on typically my commute. I would just wish him a happy birthday, you know, ask him how things are going. And the first time I did that, the response I got was, wow, no one's ever done that for me before. Thank you. And then they would, you know, talk with me. And I realized very quickly, like making a personal video for someone has a profound effect. And I didn't really adopt adopt that into my sales process or anything, probably not until like, I don't know, 2018, 2019, but I had done a lot of different videos. I mean, you know, this is an audio only podcast, right? I think we go out on YouTube as well. Oh no. Well, I didn't get set up for that, but you can see in my background, like a light, you know, so I I'm very used to getting in front of the camera and it's helped me become very comfortable. It's helped me be able to really pretend as if I am talking to someone without having anyone there, which has made all of the video content that we've created over the years so easy for me to produce. And I love that. Absolutely love it. So it all started from a birthday message, I would say. How are you using video now? Right now, honestly, not a lot. Due to some family reasons, family illnesses, I've kind of had to take a step back from the business, but we have new projects in line. And so we are working on new course content where I'm going to be 
sitting and standing in front of a camera and just talking. So we use it in our content library for our clients. And then we will be doing quite a bit of new webinars and me talking with people. So that's typically how we use it, both for marketing and from a client fulfillment perspective. I think that's really interesting. So the, the thing that comes across with everybody that I speak to is the fact that actually using video is a way of connecting with the audience so much faster that is building the relationship that much quicker. Absolutely. My problem quickly became too many people wanted to connect with me and use my time without paying for me. <laughs> so I had to scale that out pretty fast because I grew tired of the long hours of talking with people, you know, but I'd like to get back into it. In fact, you actually just gave me an idea that I'm going to write down. For my team. <laughs> oh, it's that entrepreneurial mindset again. So what we'll do is we'll just play the interval music for a moment while Alex just writes a quick note to himself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we won't really, we'll just edit this bit out. That's probably the better idea. <laughs> so what tips would you give someone who is just starting out or is just about to start their video content creation journey? Just make a video for a really close loved one. That's what I would say to start. You probably have someone you love in your life. At least I hope you do. Your mother, your father, your partner, your children. And just make a video for them. Just saying... Hey, I just wanted to say, I love you. I was thinking about you and just wanted to say, I love you. I know you're probably busy, but know that I love you and do it while on a walk in your car, drive, look at the road. If you're driving, you know, it doesn't matter. You have tons of time. Heck, if they know you intimately, like your partner, make a video while you're on the toilet, make them laugh. Like, Hey, I'm pooping and I'm thinking about you. Like they will laugh hopefully i don't know maybe you're not married to a silly person like i am this simple practice has no risks at all because yeah you care about them and what they think about you but they're not going to be like why are you sending me a video like don't ever do this again if they are oh they probably don't love you i don't know maybe maybe you got to reassess that relationship i don't know i'm making weird judgments here but that's a great way to start and to get used to the camera and I guess one final thing would be don't look at yourself. Just look into the lens. Like right now I'm, I'm looking at Lee. I'm looking at the host so that I can make sure that I'm being engaging and I have a good conversation. But if I was talking to you, audience member, I would look into the camera and I would not look at me because I would get distracted like, oh, smile more or stop saying, uh, or, uh, or, you know, stuff like that. So it's really simple. Just look into the camera. Don't care what you look like. If you think you look nasty, you know what? There's someone more uglier out there in the world. You know, you got a pretty face compared to them. So don't be so concerned about what you look like. <laughs> I think you've actually got a future in stand-up comedy. You know, I wanted to be a comedian as a kid, but I got dissuaded from that. And then I became like a scientist and oh my gosh, it's been painful ever since. <laughs> I love the way you put that. I wanted to be a comedian, but I became a scientist. And is this just <laughs> this let down in your voice as you say it's going, yeah. <laughs> I became a licensed drug dealer. Like that, 
potentially more money. Because the truth is, like, everyone wants to be famous. They want to be a comedian. They want to be a celebrity. But if you take that desire and you just niche it into something that doesn't have any comedy, like medicine, you can go places. You can go <laughs> places. It's going to be hard. Going to the school is going to be miserable because you're going to be like, wow, everyone here is really boring or lame. But you'll get used to them. You'll make friends. So maybe there's some inspiration for aspiring comedians out there. Don't go after a comedian. Go into a niche <laughs> and then try to be a comedian there in that audience. Okay. That's different career advice than I think I've ever heard before. Well, it's just a variation of niche down, right? <laughs> it's so true. Well, just really bad advice for comedians. <laughs> Alex, I can definitely say this has probably been the most fun podcast that I've I've ever had the pleasure <sighs> of hosting. It's been an absolute joy and so much fun. How can people connect with you? They can find me on LinkedIn. That is probably the most active place where my presence is. Alex Barker, sound spelled just like how it sounds. You'll see my big greening face on there with, I think, a red shirt. PharmD, so it's a doctorate of pharmacy shorthand. And you can interact with me there. My career coach company is thehappyfarmd.com if you want to see what we do and how we do it there. The Task Fox is my operations virtual assistant company. You can check out what we're doing there. But honestly, just send me a message. Would much rather have a conversation than you just virtually stalking me on the internet. So <laughs> send me a message, say, Hey, I heard you on the podcast. Love to chat. And I'd be totally open to it. That's wonderful, Alex. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.